alone. I can't, I got to tell you, nothing pisses me off more than when I can see what the PGA is doing and they're not going to get this round done again and it's going to carry over tomorrow morning again and round three is going to be delayed again. Get it the fuck together, PGA. Jesus. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. I am a PGA DFS content creator and a recovering high-limit DFS player who is here to help you get better at PGA DFS by teaching you how to play the game and not giving you a single fucking pick. If you're here for the picks, go find your touts and listen to them because, well, they, you're not going to get any here and you can go lose money listening to those slap decks, okay? So, if you want to learn how to play the game, you want to learn how to get an edge at Showdown, this is the place to be. This is the Showdown Hoedown. As you can't tell, it is the flagship of my station. I do this every Friday and Saturday night for round three and round four. Don't forget to come check out the live stream Wednesday, 7 p.m. Lord's Time Zone, as always, where we break down week long, which uh, some people, we need to quit calling it week long. We need to just call it the kick in the nuts. Hey, you play any kick in the nuts this week? I did. I played, I played a little bit. Yeah. That's what we're going to start calling. No more calling it week long. We're going to start calling it kick in the nuts. All right. If you don't know, you need to hang around to the end. If you're a prize pick, sweaty tryhard that loves prop bets, I respect that. I respect it, but you got to wait till the end. I'll give you some of those. I'll also give you four really good round three players uh, to consider for uh, DFS. But you got to wait till the end because if I give it to you now, your bitch ass will check off. And I don't want you to do that. So you got to hang around. Just a reminder if you don't know, I just encourage you. It's showdown. Please do this for me. Go look at any leaderboard and you tell me you don't see that flag flying everywhere, okay? Yes, it's me a couple times, right? I'm modest 75. You'll see me up there occasionally when I luck sack, right? But you know what? I got a whole slimy community of people flying that flag and they're doing very well. And I can already tell I'm going to have to make another one of these collages next week because just through the first two rounds we already got endless amounts of screenshots all right let's talk a little week long excuse me i'm already breaking my own rule let's talk a little kick in the nuts uh uh uh, uh, uh how does kicking the nuts going for me this week well probably how it's going for most of, well i guess wise vegas and post and literally all made birdies at the end to make the cut donkeys always get there so if you don't know, I went all in on the wave edge. I told you that Friday morning would be the one time this course would be gettable. And let's just face the facts. I fucking nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed it. This course was super gettable. I played all of that and uh, I still ended up with no six of sixes. Welcome to week long, Bob. As you can see, you go look at my lineups over here. You know, I had some. There's just always one asshole, Kadira or Stevens or Adam Long. I had all kinds of good five of sixes, but you know what five of six gets? Maybe a min cash. That's what you get, right? Uh, but that's okay because I made a point to play less week long because if you don't know, week-long, a.k.a. kicking the nuts, sucks. For all of you, like, I always lose a week-long. Everybody loses a week-long. You want to know the dirtiest little secret in the entire PGA DFS community? Everybody loses a week-long. It's a kick in the nuts. Those guys that hit those big screen dots, if you do not smash two or three times a year at a week-long, you're going to lose for the year. Because week in and week out, if you can cash, if you're up 80% or if you're up 20% of the time, only losing 80% of the time at week-long, you're a fucking legend. It's a kick in the nuts for everybody. This is why I have been diverting more and more and more of my funds to showdown and away from week-long. Because this will be my third year in a row. Without question, I'm definitely going to win more at showdown than I do at week-long. So if you feel like you're an idiot or you're doing something wrong you're not i play the game i'm playing all the edge you can i did everything right this week i just can't help it that you know fucking sam stevens decides he loves the water that he's a fucking fish and he needs to hang out in the water all damn day okay nothing you can do about that you all you can do is play the game get your get your money in the best and sometimes shit breaks your way and sometimes it doesn't i've had a lot of times in the past it's ran well it didn't run so well this week that's okay that's the game i play right it's okay i i'm making these bold plays because when i play i just expect in week long to lose every single penny i put in anything i get back is just gravy brother and occasionally i get a whole bunch back okay let's talk contest selection for tomorrow <clears throat> if you don't know this is the first place new guy that you're wasting your money man you've got to get better at contest selection let me just go ahead and tell you a little secret DraftKings got together today and they said hey hey 
I got, hey, I got a goal for all of us. Let's make the shittiest fucking slate possible. And they all went, ooh, I like that. I like that. And they're like, one, two, three, break. And they did it. You know what? You got to give it up to DraftKings. They had a goal to put the shittiest fucking contest selection I've ever seen out there. And they, you know, they got there. Sometimes you just got to respect people when they have goals and they reach it. You got you to gotta respect it. Good job, DK. You can't have it your way. The big $20, I've said this 100 times, I hate when it's 28% to first. Fuck that tournament, not playing in it. The 555 is good, but I know most of you, you don't have those kind of funds. You're not playing in the 555. I get it. Okay, uh, it, it is one of the better tournaments, which sucks because it's still 25% to first. No one's playing in the 2120. I ain't talking about it. My $5, my baby, which, by the way, 20 of the top 108 lineups in that today were flying my flag. What a surprise. And it's a great contest normally. But DraftKings says, hey, instead of keeping it really good, why don't we just completely fuck it up? Once again, you got goals, DraftKings. I got to give it up to you for, for reaching your milestones. A third to first. So my favorite tournament to play in is the $5. And, and I can't even play in it tomorrow. I'm not going to play in a tournament with 10000 to first. And then it drops off to 2500 Polly, tell him. Uh, shit, I never have him hooked up on Friday. Get the fuck out of here. That's what Polly would say. So you're like, what am I going to play in? Well, this $44 has been really good to me recently. I love the club twirl. It's a fun little one. Uh, the payout structure is solid. It's actually good compared to the rest of the shit they put out this week. Of course, my baby, the $18, excuse me, the $10 18 match. You can't go wrong with that. Honestly, it's really the only medium one that doesn't suck. The $100 and $200 single entry are okay. I wish they'd make them bigger. People are going to want to play. Why they keep this at $20,000? Don't bump it to thirty, forty, dollars or $50,000. i will never get it, but whatever. The $5 single entry is always really good. The, the $1.20 max is really good. The $33 single entry is good. They just make these prices too small. The $12 single entry, if you want to go spam some lineups, I'm sure they have the $0.50 cent on here somewhere. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's wrapping somewhere. I don't know. So the, those are the contests for tomorrow. I'm telling you they suck, which sucks for me because it really limits how much I want to play. I played a ton today. I played more in just round two showdown than I did in all of week long, right? Because like I saw that there was more of an edge at round two showdown than I saw at week long, and I just tried to get my money in good. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, It's not, it's not, it's not about the thrill of fucking victory. I owe rent. I owe alimony. My kids eat. That's a, I'm quoting rounders. Like three guys that got that. They're laughing out there. Appreciate you. Like the cut of your jib too. Um, but something you could consider for tomorrow. And I really want you to consider this, man. Just go play cash. Okay. I don't play cash very often. I'll be the first to admit. Okay. I I basically show it almost every time I play because I hardly play cash because if you don't know, cash at golf, as, 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 a, as a dude on an interview this week that I enjoyed pointed out, it's like, you know, th th those are those those two words are almost mutually exclusive, right? They don't make sense together because golf is so volatile. But when you see an edge, right? Like today, it was so obvious. You just go play morning guys, right? These aren't even these aren't even that good of cash lineups, right? I'm not showing them because, ooh, I doubled my money. I'm just showing you that like these are all mediocre cash lineups. By the way, pro tip, if you can't settle on one cash lineup, just play three versions of it, right? I knew I wanted M and Svensson. I couldn't settle on the rest of them. So I just went and mixed and matched the other four, and that was my cash lineups. And then you just evenly distribute it among all three, and it still ends up being like one cash lineup, basically, right? If your core hits, you're still going to smash. And so like, how did I cash without a good lineup? It's simple. People played Billy Horschel. People played Ryan Palmer and Shane Lowry. What the fuck are you doing? They're on the they're in the afternoon. It's like playing two different courses. When the, when we were at Amex, if you knew somebody was at the easy course and somebody was at the hard course, would you have played the hard course? Fuck no, you wouldn't have. That would be so stupid. Yet, yet, whenever we're here and we know that the morning is going to be super easy and the afternoon is going to be much more difficult, it's essentially two different courses. Yes, I get it's the same physical course, but it's playing like two different courses and you're going to play guys in the afternoon and cash? 
What are you doing? What are you doing? You're like, well, I don't know when to play. Who has an edge? Well, come over to my fucking site, first of all, and I'll help you out. Or just go to windy.com and learn how to read uh, basic wind projections, okay? Furthermore, if you play GPPs today, did you play 50% Sung JM? I told my Discord last night he will probably be 55% owned. I wasn't even close. He was 51% owned. <sighs> I love Sung J too. Okay, I played 100% of them a week long. But for a single round of showdown, for a single round, he played great in round one. He was going to be in the perfect scoring conditions. He's by far the most talented player. He could never do bad. I've got to play him at showdown even at 50%. Or he could. Okay, it's a single round of showdown. Anything can happen. I would say about one out of every three times, Sung Jae was going to shoot around like he did today, just completely spinning his wheels or shooting over par like he did, right? And when you do, if I told you you have a one in three chance of making over half of the field instantly dead, why on earth would you not play that? Why on earth would, literally, okay, if you played Sung Jae in 100% of your lineups, I kind of respect that because at least you had leverage on him. But if you played Sung Jae in half your lineups, first of all, you're paying the rate because that's how owned he was. And second of all, you're not playing the game. You're just doing stupid fucking picks. You're listening to your tout and your brave tout said play Sung Jae. What a bold call by him. And now you are going to go play a guy that's 50% owned in a single round of showdown. Whereas if you just fade him and he dicks around for a little bit, you win all the money. Play the game and stop having picks. It's not that hard i finished i have finished the t top 10 in a gpp four of the last five showdown slates am i am i a fucking magic man and i am i a shaman do i do i am i nostradamus can i see the future no i just play the game and when john rom dicks around on sunday showdown or sunday dicks around i'm there to clean up because it's not about picks it's about like yes rom is a great player and m is a great player but at 50 percent, they're always a terrible play because it's not about picks it's about simply playing the game do it try it on that is what that is what PGA DFS is about. Everybody that comes to PGA DFS comes here from sports betting, where it's all about my picks, and here's my picks. That's not this game. It is not about picks. It's about leverage, playing the game, being different, and getting an edge on the field. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get fired up. I just don't get how people don't get this shit. I, I like how 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 did nobody get this? How does nobody how has nobody ever said this stuff? Okay. Oh yeah. And you can play cash. I encourage you to play cash tomorrow. As you saw, you don't even have to hit anything close to the nuts. And you just double your money. Guys, I'm not, these lineups aren't even good. Okay, these lineups aren't even that good. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Big guy's fired up. A little, little too much Perrier in the system tonight. All right, the cut is going to be plus one. Yes, they are not going to get done. Now, this is the question, and I don't know the answer. And I bet some of you sweaty tryhards that may know PGA more than me. You don't know PGA DFS more than me, but you know may know PGA. This is right around the time where they start to switch, right? Where for the last several weeks, every round three and round four, they go off in threes off one and ten over about a two-hour period. But it's right around when they go to Florida is when they start going off in twos, and everybody goes off of hole one all day. And Saturday is like a nice, really long day. It starts at like six in the morning and goes to like six at night. It's awesome, right? And I think this is right around the time they did it. I'm pretty sure at this tournament last year, they went off in twos. Problem is, because they didn't finish round two, I don't know if they're going to do that. But we really need to keep in mind if they're going to be going off in twos. Everybody goes off in twos off of one, or if everybody's going off in threes off of one and ten. And why that matters is that if they're going off in twos all off of one, there is going to be a big wave edge, right? There's going to be two different courses that are going to be played tomorrow. If they're going off in threes off one and ten, basically everybody's going to be out there at the same time, and I don't think there's much edge to consider that way, okay? If you don't believe me, just simply go look at the course the first two days. The first day, the course played uh, 1.22 shots easier in the morning than it did in the afternoon. Today, it was even bigger. Today, it was, what, 1.75, which, by the way, Another wave edge win for the big guy. Even wasn't about the total strokes. It was about when was the course gettable. Friday morning when I told you on the live stream. 
Uh, okay. So we know that this course is so much more gettable in the morning for numerous reasons, right? It doesn't get us baked out. It, the winds tend to be lighter in the morning, which you're going to see in a second is going to be the case tomorrow. And, you know, the greens aren't all chewed up from donkeys walking on them all day. So you get, you know, they're nice and rolled and it's easier to putt well. I've never putted well, so I don't really know what helps you putt well. But that's what people who putt say makes the difference, okay? So if you want to know the wind, here you go. It's almost the same thing we've seen the last two days. All of them seem to say that it's not going to be super windy tomorrow. We'll pick up a little bit in the afternoon. So if they are going off in twos off of one, which once again, you're going to have to look. I'm making this at like, what is it? 516 Lord's time zone because I want to be first to market, you know, because you know YouTube ain't going to share me. So if that is the case, they're going off in twos, you want to be playing guys that go off in the morning. They are going to be playing a different course. Yes, I get the guys in the afternoon are going to be the leaders. They're playing better this week. The, but you know what? I would rather have guys playing worse in easier conditions than guys playing well in hard conditions. So you got to monitor that because I promise you this, the morning guys, I don't know what the scoring average difference will be between the morning guys and the afternoon guys, but I know that the most nut rounds, right? Like those guys that go shoot a minus five, minus six tomorrow that you're going to need to take down a GPP will most certainly be more more likely to come from the morning than they will from the afternoon. That is a fact. So you need to be factoring that in. Now, once again, if they're going off in threes off of one and 10, which I don't know, because I don't know if they're going to have enough time because they didn't finish round two. But if that is the case, then I think you can basically throw this out. Okay. Then you probably actually want to play the guys in the very middle because they'll probably get out on the course, you know, at least an hour to an hour and a half before the leaders. Just something to consider. If you're not sure, just come over to DJ 75. I'll tell you all about it. Hey, I still got a shit ton of stuff to do tonight. How, how am I going to do all this? Why are you here? I'm going to go use the best optimizer out there called the solver. Look, you can still see. I still got my round two shit up. You can see my player pool right there. Did I play Sungjae? No, because I play the game. Okay. Did I play Chris Kirk and Minwoo Lee and slap dick Denny? Yeah, I did. Actually, I think Denny was in my lineup to finish top 10, um, So, uh, which is crazy because he didn't even do anything that special. But so many people play donkey plays. You can still be up there. What you do is if you can make a good player pool and you can play the game, but you still real realize that you have a little bit of bias when you're making your lineups. This is why you need an optimizer. Every single lineup that I have played over the past month, all those ones that I keep getting in the top 10 that I don't share because I no longer share my screenshots, not because it's too, it's a little too touty, right? I don't want to be that touty guy. I only share my screenshots with my Discord anymore. But the reason that I've hit all those lineups and had those to show in my Discord is simply because I it's building lineups with my core. I'm building a good core and then just making the best versions of those. If you feel like you are making the right plays but just not putting them together. That's what an optimizer does. It's blind. It doesn't have biases like us humans do, and it makes the best version of your player pool. And a lot of times, these optimizers will cost you $100 or more a month. How about the solver is 25 bucks a month. All you got to do is use my landing page was in the description of this. It will come when you sign up. It comes preloaded with, look, my projections right there, DGEN 75, my ownership, everything in there for round one, round two, round three, round four showdown. And of course, uh, week-long, a.k.a. kicking the nuts. If you're interested, go sign up. Everybody signs up. Everybody loves it. Make sure to use my landing page or you won't get my projections, okay? Cool. All right, let's talk about some plays for tomorrow. Uh, let's look at, uh, wait, let's, let's, let's hit the refresh because we want to look at round two. Here's just right off the bat, here's going to be a great strategy to use tomorrow, okay? First of all, well, before I even get to that, here's the best strategy you could do. Wake your ass up and see who makes the cut, right? We know the cut is going to be minus one, right? The cut's going to be, uh, or not minus one, plus one. Plus one is going to be the cut, okay? So we know that. So there's not a lot of waking up to sweat what's going to be the cut. But what there is going to be sweating is not everybody finished. Look, I can already see they probably called it for darkness. And we got some guys still on 16 or 17. It looks like probably, I would guess about, what is that? Probably nine guys, nine to 12 guys still out on the course. They're going to have to finish their round. Those guys right there that did not finish their round, especially if they're lingering around the cut line, don't forget a lot of these guys get to play 18 for their last hole. So, you know, they may do like wise posting and 
who was the other one? Vegas, and go make a birdie to make the cut. Uh, Cootie, right? Like, he's falling apart. But maybe he goes and birdies. Well, I guess he'll be playing eight or nine. Or Drew it. No one's going to play those guys if they make the cut because they're not sure of them. A guy here at plus two, Carl Yoon. If he makes a birdie on 18, which is probably a 50-50 proposition, not a soul will play him. Not a soul will play him. And the only way you'll know is you'll have to have your ass up in the morning and see if he makes the putt to make the cut. And if he does, you will get Carl Yoon at under 1%. And I actually think Carl Yoon's a pretty good player. The other strategy I think you really want to consider is play guys who played the afternoon today, right? People are going to go over here, like I'm about to do right now, and they're going to look at these stats, and they're going to say, oh, man, this guy played good, and this guy played good, and this guy played good. And you know who's going to look really shitty when you look at those stats? Every guy that played the afternoon, because they played a much more difficult course, right? Almost two strokes different in the afternoon versus the morning. That is like a completely different course, right? It went from like a nice middling PGA Tour event to fucking the U.S. Open in like four hours, okay? So because of that, a lot of those guys' stats are going to be very messed up. Of course, you're going to see guys. I bet everybody who had great approach today, except Dylan for telling Mike, God, six strokes on approach. I bet almost every one of these guys, probably seven of the top 10 or something like that. Well, let's just go count. Uh, Gerard, uh, Ann, Martin, Cole, Batia, Johnson, Kirk, every single one of those guys was from the morning. Every single one of them. So it looks like, what is that? Eight of the top nine guys with the best approach today all came from the morning. So I think a great thing you could do is take out a little bit of the, the numbers that people are going to see and realize that the guys in the afternoon were playing a difficult course. And when you're playing a difficult course, it's hard to pick up strokes on approach. So I think that you're going to be able to get guys on bounce back rounds or coming off of average rounds who played in the afternoon simply because people are just going to look at the stats and not really understand that those guys were playing a very, very different course. The next thing that I really encourage you to do is go down here to this icky cut line, okay? People are so dumb, and they think that Saturday round three showdown, oh, I've got to play the guys at the top because they're playing good. Okay, well, first of all, uh, they have been playing well. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play well tomorrow. And second of all, there's no position points. You want to know, in fact, Justin Suh is leading this tournament at 10 under right now in, in, a, in a vacuum. He is an underdog. Ben Griffin will score more DK points tomorrow than he will. And he, and he will legit be, I would guess, something like one-fourth the ownership. I just picked Ben Griffin. You could probably pick almost any slapstick down here, and he would be almost 50-50 to outscore Justin Suh tomorrow. Yet Justin Suh will be probably five to ten times higher owned than all these guys, simply just because he's at the top of the leaderboard. And there's this perception he's playing well. Well, I got another perception for you. He's going to be nervous as fuck because he's going to be in the final round on a Saturday, right? The final group on a Saturday. So maybe factor that in, too. Maybe factor in these guys down here. They're just happy they made the cut. They're going to go fire at every flag. And yes, they might make six bogeys and dunk it in the water three times, but they might also make seven birdies and eagle with a birdie streak. And that'll be worth a lot more than Justin says two birdies and one bogey and 15 pars. Okay. Understand where the points are coming from. And on Saturday, it's simply about getting scores, get birdies, get uh, get get eagles, get birdie streaks, get those bogey-free rounds. And I want guys that are going to be firing at flags all day, and that's going to be these guys down here. Specifically, any big names down here, people are going to spend their money on Sungjae tomorrow. People are going to spend their money. Who are the other big names at the top here? People are going to spend their money on Chris Kirk tomorrow. People are going to spend their money on, Jesus, are there any big names up here? <sighs> Uh, Shane Lowry. People are going to spend their money on Sung JM, Taylor Pendrith. People are going to spend their money on guys like that, right? So why not just come down here to these plus one guys and go find the big names who are right here on the, that just made it on the cut, right? Uh, Aaron Weiss. 
right? Ah, there you go. JT Poston, Jonathan Vegas. These are guys that are going to be lower owned because they are perceived as not playing well. And they are not playing as well. That's why they just got in at plus one, right? But it's a single round of showdown. And a single round of showdown, Rom and Sungjae can have bad rounds and Aaron Wise can go pull a shamrock out of his ass and shoot a minus seven. It happens all the time. So I encourage you to dive down here and get some of these icky plays in your lineup. Because in a vacuum, you want to know the truth. Aaron Wise is almost the exact same to shoot a great round tomorrow as Chris Kirk. Almost exactly. Maybe it'd be like 53-47, but one of them is going to be probably three times higher owned than the other. Okay? Just something to consider, Bob. From there, of course, I always like to look at approach. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to chase Dylan Fratelli. Six shots on approach. What the hell is that, Dylan? Uh, you know, but some of these guys, especially if they were not doing great on and around the greens, geez, but... <laughs> I played Akshay today. I love that guy. His ball striking, that is just something else. If you're a ball striker, how you don't play Batia tomorrow, I'll never know. Batia. Is it Batia? I don't know. Deal with it. I know you're screaming at the camera. Okay, I don't know how to say stuff. I'm from Oklahoma, man. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Okay. Another one I like to look at. Did anybody just kill themselves off the tee? That made the cut. And the key with that one is... Uh, 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 you know, there's so much water that one or two bad drives can just completely annihilate your round off the tee. Uh, you know, like, uh, who is this right here? Chesson Hadley. Oh, yeah, I just watched him dunk in the water. Anybody? Anybody? Let's see. Maybe it'd be easier if we searched by total score and just saw some guys that were bad off the tee today. Like, look at this guy. Scott Harrington. Okay, I don't know if I want to play Scott Harrington. Okay. I guess you can't really be that bad off the tee here and have made the cut. Am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? All right. All right. All right. Pearson Cootie. Could be a bounce back if he makes the cut. Anybody just kill themselves around the green? Let's just stay looking at this, and we'll just look at it this way. Anybody? Ooh. Ooh. Dylan Fertelli. Dylan Fertelli lost a shot around the green. My God, and still shot a five under? Hats off, Dylan. My God, man. My God, Kelly Kraft? Okay. I mean, I don't know. Mac and cheese? If it's mac and cheese, I'm in on Kraft. I don't know, I don't know if I'm in on Kelly, though. Uh, okay. And then the other one is, let's just go find some guys that did not play well today, right? Guys that are good players that did not play well today. What is not playing well? I would say even or over. Sungjae is just the nuts bounce back tomorrow. Man, he screwed me today. No, you screwed yourself by playing him, you donkey dick. Uh, let's see. Who else? J Joseph Bramlett. All in. All in. Four shots off the tee? Joseph, what are you doing? You're supposed to be good off the tee. Billy Horschel, bounce back city. I can't play him. He looked terrible with approach. You're right. He could never figure it out, right? Billy Horschel could never. Christian Bazanu was terrible today. He could never. Christian Bazanu lost two strokes putting today, and that guy can roll the rock. Okay? The point I'm saying is do not overreact to a single round, especially if those guys played in the afternoon, right? You've got to give Billy Ho a little bit of a break whenever those greens were baked out and the winds picked up in the afternoon, okay? So I'm going to be more than willing to go back there. There's actually some super appealing options uh, 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 up top, guys that just barely made the cut and guys that are due for a, a a bounce back. Um, too bad DK screwed everything up. You ready for those top guys uh, for round three? Well, first of all, let me tell you, djn75.com, the shit's blowing up. I just dare you to go look and see uh, people in my community not flying the flag and doing well, right? And I don't give them a single pick. I'll never give you a pick. What we have is we have a community. We have uh, we have we, 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 we learn how to play the game and we don't worry about picks. But most importantly, we have this thing called the Rosetta Stone. This is my round three Rosetta Stone from last week where it has everything you know. We actually just added true approach, an, a fun little stat uh, on there too for tonight. 
It marks everything you need to know. If you're confused about what makes a good leverage play, what is a cash play, wh who is good on approach, what does it mean to be good on approach, who's good historically round three, everything you need is right here. It it's all right there for you to use. I'll get it out within an hour of this show, and then you have all night to digest it. I'm trying to take hours of work and put it into where you can get it all done within 30 to 45 minutes and make good, informed lineups that actually have a chance to win GBBs. All those flags flying, they're using this, you mother father. Hey, don't forget... I'm an independent fuck. No media network here. No, uh, no, no, no tout site backing me up. I'm just one dude talking shit to a little camera in his room. Okay. And so if you want to support the cause, you could really help by dropping a like, a subscribe and tell a friend. Cause you know, YouTube ain't going to fucking share me around dickheads. All right. Those four guys that are really good round three scores that are fairly priced. Taylor Pendrith. Dylan Fertelli, am I going to play a chalky Dylan Fertelli tomorrow? The Bez. Oh shit. Bounce back city and SH Kim. All right. Last thing, price picks for tomorrow. If they go out in twos, please hear me on this. You go get those guys who go out the very earliest. That's going to be like your Aaron Wise, your, your, your Vegas posting, guys like that. And I'm just going to be taking the over on birdies because those guys are going to be firing up flags. They're going to be on a soft course, and there's going to be no wind. And if you didn't see this morning, even when guys did not make uh, good scores, they still had a good amount of birdies. There are birdies to be had on this course when it is soft. When it bakes out in the afternoon and there's a little wind blowing, it's a straight kick in the nuts. It's basically week-long, right? So so that's what I'm really going to be doing. If you want to mix up your card, I would encourage you to look at overs on strokes in the afternoon, guys, right? Especially if it's like Justin Suh or somebody like that, that they're not used to having up there, consider playing him, right? That is it, guys. This has been one of the longer episodes, but I had a lot on my mind. I hope to see you tomorrow for round four showdown. I hope to see you over on my site and over on my Discord, which by the way, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, on the Discord to be on the website. If you're an old and you just like the website, you can just be a part of the website. All my content is there. The Rosetta Stone is there. Everything you need is there. I hope to see you guys again. I hope that you we continue to grow, and I hope to see all those flags still flying. But most of all, I hope you enjoy this outro.